Welcome everyone to Free Range Cumberland. I am the Reverend Alan Meinzer and this is episode number two. Just want to talk about something today that has just kind of caught my attention. In the Cumberland Presbyterian Church, we often find two extremes. On the one extreme is this need to share the good news. And that's a very important need, and it's very much a part of who we are. We are evangelical by nature. In fact, 5.28 states, The church being nurtured and sustained by worship, by proclamation and study of the word, and by the celebration of the sacraments, is commissioned to witness to all persons who have not received Christ as Lord and Savior. And so, and so we, we have that purpose, in fact, the introduction to the 1984 Confession states this, and, and the purpose of the Confession of Faith is twofold. Now I'm going to read number two. To bear witness to God's saving activity in such a way that those who have not been saved, redeemed, and reconciled might believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and experience salvation. And so there is this need to share the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ. It is part of our interpretation of Scripture that that is what Christ is calling us to do. The question is, that calling us to do? Now, Jesus spent three years with his disciples training them to do that. To train them to do that. It wasn't just an instantaneous repenting of your sins and you're ready to go share that good news. No, there was some discipleship that needed to be done to help them be disciples. And so sometimes I think we forget that second part. We bring people to Christ and then, well, that's good enough. That's good enough. They're, they're going to heaven. In fact, if you ask most people why they got saved, they will tell you, because I wanted to go to heaven. I didn't want to go to hell. And so it's almost as if we are done. But Jesus was in the business of making disciples. Now, disciples have a beginning, a beginning that starts with repentance and, and, and faith, as our confession of faith describes it. But yet it doesn't just stop there, there is this need to grow into that faith and discover what your life should look like in relationship with God as you love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and what your life should look like with others as you love them, as you love yourself. And so there's this need to grow into that and to figure out what our life should look like because Jesus spent a lot of his teaching trying to get people to understand what their life should look like in relationship with God and what their life should look like in relationship with each other. He taught a lot of morality. He taught a lot of ethics. He taught a lot of responsibility. And so sometimes I'm a, a bit bewildered, I guess, when someone comes out and says, this is what we need to focus on. We need to focus on sharing the good news. Now, it is a focus of the church. And so I wonder sometimes if we're 
just avoiding the middle section. We do the beginning, but we avoid the middle where we're actually talking about what life should look like, what our witness should look like, what our testimony should look like, where the questions of morality and the questions of the will of God occur. Now, the opposite side of that is within the Cumberland Presbyterian Church, we also have this side that's social justice motivated. I mean, they spend a lot of time looking around saying, these are the problems. These are the problems that the church needs to deal with. In fact, our confession of faith is quite clear that we that, that should be important to us. 6.31, the covenant community affirms the lordship of Christ who sought out the poor, the oppressed, the sick, and the helpless in her corporate life and through her individual members. The church is an advocate for all victims of violence and all those who the law or society treats as less than persons for whom Christ died. Such advocacy involves not only opposition to all unjust laws and forms of injustice, but even more support for those attitudes and actions which embody the way of Christ, which is to overcome evil with good. So, so we have that social justice purpose also within our confession of faith, just like we have the sharing, the good news aspect. And so I see sometimes that people just jump to that. The church needs to be involved in, in, in seeing the injustices and dealing with the injustices. But the question is, is how do you deal with the injustices? And, and the next question is, is how do you equip people to deal with it? I mean, you show the problem, you say it needs to be fixed, but how do you equip people to deal with it? Now, just as only focusing on sharing the good news fails to deal with the middle, the developing of disciples and what life with God should look like and what life should look like with each other and, and dealing with moral issues and dealing with sin issues and dealing with, with what is right issues. And so, so social justice also fails to deal with the middle. It says, here's the problem. We need to find a solution for that, but yet it doesn't deal with what the solution should be. It doesn't really deal with the solution is, is making Christians and teaching them how to live life with God and live with life with each other and what that life should look like, and then enabling them to to go out and to share that good news and to also make disciples because the more disciples you have of Christ, surely the better the world should be. But social justice really doesn't deal with the making of disciples. It deals with a problem. It deals with the fact that there should be a solution and the fact that God's a God of justice, but God's also a God of making disciples, of calling people to him, of having a relationship with people and asking them to live a certain way with him and live a certain way with each other, to have a certain witness. And so I find myself part of a denomination that tends to be on one extreme or the other, but I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor. I deal with people. I deal with people, and a lot of the people that I deal with, I've shared the good news with, and they have become Christians. 
And as they have become Christians, I have discovered that it should be my responsibility to deal with that middle section. And in the coming of the Presbyterian Church, we call that middle section sanctification. And so I spend a lot of my time in 4.21 through 4.23. Sanctification is God setting apart of believers as servants in the world. And so you have that understanding of discipleship. God saves people to be servants. God saves people to be disciples so that they can get their own lives in order so that they can be a part of helping the world get its life in order. And so uh, there's this need to help people grow in that discipleship. And so you can't can't just deal with, yeah, you need to be saved. Okay, I'm done with you. And you can't deal with, okay, here's the problem, now go solve it. Because you're not equipping people with how to solve it. You're showing them the problem, but you're not dealing with the middle. And so both sides that we find in the current of the Presbyterian Church often don't talk about the middle. Well, I'm a pastor. I have to talk about the middle. I'm trying to help people grow. And people have questions and people have have needs about what life with God should look like and what life with each other should look like. You know, and I'm Cumberland Presbyterian, so I teach them, go into Scripture. Go into Scripture. Go into Scripture because Scripture is, is the infallible rule of faith and practice, the authority, authoritative guide for Christian living. Now, I'm Cumberland Presbyterian also, so I'm going to share with them a certain interpretation of Scripture, a certain perspective, because I am Cumberland Presbyterian. But I'm going to share that, but I'm going to encourage them to do their own due diligence. I'm going to encourage them to go into Scripture, but I'm going to give them a perspective as they approach Scripture, because I'm trying to help them grow. I'm not just going to say, well, okay, you're on your own, figure it out. I'm a pastor, I'm a shepherd, so I come at it from a certain point of view, and I'm going to try to help them. That doesn't mean I force them to believe what I believe, but I at least share what I believe with them as a perspective. I remember one time I was at a youth event, and I was not very happy with the fact that it didn't seem to be giving a Cumberland Presbyterian perspective to young people. And so I pulled someone to the side. I said, this is not Cumberland Presbyterian. It's a Cumberland Presbyterian event, but there's no Cumberland Presbyterian understanding being taught here. There's no perspective. And he told me, he said, well, we want them to think on their own and we want them to come to their own conclusions. So we're not going to share that perspective. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is a Cumberland Presbyterian event. And so you're encouraging them to make decisions, but you're not giving them a perspective. You're just saying, here, go figure it out on your own. And you're not giving them a perspective that they can at least work from and that they can at least start with and and something that they can go, well, okay, this is the interpretation of Scripture of the body of Christ that I'm a part of. And so I was really quite shocked because it was kind of like, yeah, we're not going to do the middle. We're not going to do the sanctification. We're not going to help them grow in grace. Now, let's go back to uh, the purpose of the confession of faith is twofold, the introduction to the 1984 confession. Number one, I didn't read number one. I wanted to save it. The purpose of the confession is to provide a means whereby those who have been saved, redeemed, and reconciled by God through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit understand and affirm their faith. We help them understand what faith should look like. We have a statement of faith in the confession of faith 
we have a certain understanding and interpretation of scripture that we're going to share and say, this is what we believe to be true. At least these are the essential truths that we find in scripture. And we're going to share those so that people can come to an understanding of what their faith means. Now, we're not going to do that without also stating, hey, you need to dig into the scripture. I came to my understanding because I dug into scripture. You dig into scripture and see if this is where you end up. But this is where we're at as Cumberland Presbyterians. This is our understanding of our relationship with God. This is our understanding of what our relationship with each other should look like. And so even our confession of faith says we're supposed to help people grow. We're supposed to help mothers grow into what it means to be a mom in God's world, what it means to be a husband in God's world and a father in God's world, what it means to be a son and daughter in the kingdom of God, what it means to be a servant and a neighbor and a friend and what it means to love your enemy, what it means to to seek the will of God and to try to live the will of God. We're supposed to teach that. And this seems to be a, an area that people want to avoid. And the only way to avoid it is just not deal with the middle. What life, what our witness, what our testimony should look like in relationship with God. Let's just talk about becoming a Christian. Let's just talk about the problems that the church should deal with. But let's not deal with the middle. And without the middle, nothing functions. Nothing functions in the church without the middle. The middle is, is where the difficulties are in discussions on morality and ethics, you know, as we dig into scripture. And so, but yet the middle is how you get from salvation to discipleship, to going out into the world and, and dealing with things. If you just deal with salvation, well, you're a person that's probably having a hard time even dealing with your own problems, much less the problems of the world, because no one has really helped you grow into it. That's the middle section, that sanctification. But once someone teaches you how to grow into that, well, then you become an instrument of God. And you're ready for the spiritual warfare, as Paul describes it in Ephesians. And you're ready for that, and you're ready to go out and to help people discover what you've discovered, and that is that God can help someone change their lives and change the little part of the world they live in and maybe even the larger part of the world they live in as they continue to go out and to change lives by sharing that good news. But if you're going to share the good news, then make a church and create a church where those people can grow and be disciples so they can go out and deal with the problems. But in dealing with the problems, they're going to share the good news. And in sharing the good news, those people are going to have to have a place to grow. And so it's a cycle, and you break the cycle if you take out sanctification because you don't want to deal with the hard, the hard things. You don't want to deal with where the work is. And yeah, the work is in the sanctification, and that's where the hard discussions of what life should look like, what morality is, what ethics are, you know, that's that's where it is. And so most people just want to skip that. I don't want to deal with sanctification. I don't want to deal with that. I, I prefer to just deal with the sharing the good news. Or I prefer to just deal with problems, but I don't want to deal with what Scripture ultimately deals with, and that is the creating of a disciple. Our confession of faith does a good job at being holistic. It deals with cradle to grave, it deals with salvation, but also deals with sanctification. 
It deals with what the church should be doing, not only in sharing the good news, but helping people to grow, to be a disciple, and to go out and, and help make the world they live in a better place, to be understanding and compassionate, but yet also standing firm upon the the word of God. And so, and so, but these are all difficult things, but all these difficult things occur within the realm of sanctification. And I think that's why sometimes the church fails because it doesn't deal with sanctification. You often hear people say the Cumberland Presbyterian church is failing because we don't have enough members. We're losing members. The church is shrinking. And I'm often quick to think, no, the shrinking numbers are not a sign. The sign is that we're not dealing with sanctification. We're not really helping people grow in grace and grow to be disciples. We're really not being the hospital that God wants us to be. We're really just looking at the numbers. Well, if you're just looking at the numbers and you're dealing with the first part of just getting people to become Christian. Also, we're in trouble if you're just dealing with the problems because you're not equipping people to deal with those problems. You're pointing them out. You may even say, you're part of the problem, but you're not really giving them a solution on how to overcome, which Scripture clearly gives us that solution, but yet you're not teaching it. You're just pointing out the problems. So why would I want to be a part of a church that just shows me the problem and tells me I'm a part of the problem, but gives me no solution, gives me no avenue to, to, to solve the problems in my life and also to work on the problems with the, in, in the world because that discussion requires sanctification. And so... I think sometimes our church has trouble moving forward because we're really not dealing with what people really are having problems with. We're not really dealing with people's lives. We're avoiding that discussion. It's too difficult. Uh, it's, it's, it's just too hard. And so why do I need a church if... The only purpose of the church is to get me saved. Okay, I'm saved. I'm done. Why do I need a church if a church is only pointing out the problems but not helping me become a part of the solution but by building me? I mean, I mean, I can go out and be a part of a social group and do that. How is the church different? Well, the church is different because it's building a certain aspect of Christianity. And so it just needs to be pushed this idea of sanctification. And so today, let us just emphasize that. Let's just not do the good news. Let's just not point out the problem and say, hey, we need to fix this. But let's deal with equipping people to become disciples. And sometimes disciples is more than just dealing with the problems of the world. Sometimes being a disciple is also dealing with the problems in your own life. We have to have, help people do that. Well, that's a difficult discussion, but we need to do that. And we need to do that within the framework of Scripture because it is the authority of God for faith and practice, uh, the guide for Christian living. And so just notice this. And I was just like, man, I'm a pastor. I have to deal with sanctification. I have to deal with that middle part. If I don't, my church is going to die. My church is going to die. 
my denomination is going to die if we don't figure out and just deal with the difficulty of sanctification, building a life. And so that's my message for today. And so God bless everyone. I will come up with episode number three pretty soon. These are harder to do than I thought, but uh, hopefully I've helped people maybe get some wheels turning, maybe think about something, and, and that's my intent. And so God bless everyone. Have a great day. Bye-bye.